Since you enjoy this show, I thought I'd throw out there another podcast you might like. It's a show about the intersection of design, technology, and the creative process. It's the Design Better podcast. And in each episode, hosts Eli Woolery and Aaron Walter bring you conversations with inspiring creative thinkers like John Cleese and David Sedaris, people who bring design and technology together like Tony Fadal, co-inventor of the iPhone and the iPod. So far, some standout episodes for me have been when they talk to John Cleese of Monty Python about creativity. That is one of my favorite topics and one of my favorite people. Then also one of my favorite musicians, Tycho, about his creative process. And they talk with Seth Godin about how creativity is an act of generosity. I've always been fascinated by design, the creativity behind it, the implementation of it, both to improve our lives from a functionality and user interface standpoint, also from an artful bringing beauty into the world approach. So whether you're a design curious person like me or a design pro, Design Better is a great listen that inspires and informs. Subscribe to the Design Better podcast at designbetterpodcast.com or in your favorite podcast app like the one you're using right now. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher, and this is the show where we talk to the people behind the productivity. This episode, I am once again having a dialogue with my friends, Steve Dotto and productivityist Mike Vardy. This is a recording repurposed from a live lab show that we did in front of a studio audience digitally. And in this conversation, we talk all about getting ready to take a break or preparing to travel. In other words, away from your normal work situation where you either need to stop working for a while or do work intermittently in a new environment. And also what to do when you are returning back in. So in other words, when you need to take a break or you get sick or whatever, or when you're traveling because you're going to an event or a conference or something, all those different scenarios where you've got to prepare, if you can, to have your work done as much as possible before you go, while you're gone, and ease back into your work situation as you return. And this is a very cool conversation because all three of us were coming at it from different perspectives and angles and situations and context. I think you're really going to like it. Enjoy. And welcome, everybody, to this week's or this month's, perhaps this quarter's uh, power, <laughs> productivity powerhouse with, with Mike Vardy, Eric Fisher, and myself, Steve Dotto. We are uh, we are a semi-regular, we're an occasional uh, group of productivity fans that get together and chat about all things productivity. Of course, Mike is known as the productivityist, and Eric Fisher has the popular podcast Beyond the To-Do List. And I just, uh, I, I do Evernote courses and stuff on my YouTube channel. So this is, a, this is a chance for us to meet with the community and chat about all things productivity. So today, we're gonna, our topic is getting back into the swing of things after breaks. Uh, and Mike Vardy suggested this. So I'm going to let you take over, Mike, because you always do do anyways. <laughs> well, I think, I mean, we were just talking about this before we started recording. Um, first off, we've, when was the last time we did one of these? It would have been January, right? We, no, we, we did were very regular we did stuff in January. January. We did, did we some do, in February. We did some, not very many though. <clears throat> uh, I think maybe no. we did one or two. So we we've been. I mean, Steve was traveling, you know, and 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 Went do, to Ireland. And, yes, yes, you did. And, and and Eric's been ill. Uh, and I've been, you know, traveling. you were traveling. I was traveling too, and so we've had an extended break from this blab. And I thought the topic was rather apt because. Uh, up here where, where we are, in, in where I'm in Victoria and Steve's in, in Vancouver, um, our kids were, had just had their spring break. So our spring breaks are two weeks long here, which is seemingly ridiculous, uh, at least for me. I think two weeks is too long. Uh, I never got two weeks when I was a kid, so why should my kids get two weeks now? Um, <laughs> and so it was really tough for me to get some work done around the house with kids roaming around, like trying to, I had to time things a whole differently. And so my theming of my days kind of was, was, was 
uh, truncated, so to speak. So I thought it'd be a good topic to talk about, not just when you have a, like when you go on vacation or when a spring break or, or like happens or when you have an extended break from, you know, doing this kind of thing. How do you get back into the swing of things? And we've already got a question from Sean's, which is great. But um, for well, me, let's list up. Yeah. yeah. Well, before you move on, let, yeah. let's, let's list this out. Some breaks are intentional. Some are mm-hmm. unintentional. For yep. example, mine was not, I did not intend to get sick and be very slow, lethargic, and then even completely in whatever, what's the word? Uh, ineffective. Incapacitated. Yeah, incapacitated for a week or a little more or a little less. And so. And you kept thinking that you'd be soon quicker. So you, you let people know that you'll be back soon or something like that. And you mm-hmm. weren't, right? Yeah. 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 When things are out of your control, I mean, I mean, at least you're right, Eric. And there's the, you know, the ones that we we just had where we kind of knew, okay, as of you know Monday of this week, it was the last day of spring break, so we could at least say, okay, well, for the next two weeks, we know that we're going to be things are going to be different. But when you're sick, you're absolutely right. Should we start with the beginning? Is what can you do before you take a, a planned break uh, in order to ease yourself yeah, let's, back in? Let's let's start with you know a break is coming. Yeah. And let's go that route first. Sure, sure. So, um, Steve, I mean, you knew you. I mean, you've been you do you do very planned. You do a lot of planned breaks throughout the year. I mean, you go you go up north to your cabin, right? Mm-hmm. You go how many times a year? Once or twice? Fishing uh, as yeah. many times as I can. Usually three or four. Right, but you plan those out so you know exactly when you're going to go. How do you set up? I mean, how do you set up to to make sure that when you go up there that you've got, you know, the decks are cleared? Or you just kind of just go and whatever happens along the way happens along the way? I, I'm probably not the best example of, of, of ultra efficiency here because I don't disconnect. Typically speaking, wherever I go, I stay connected just because, you know, we're a small company. It's just me. And, mm, and yeah. so I, instead of disconnecting, I just get up early. And uh, and just parcel my day out so that I can take care of a few things in the morning and a few things at night. And I just take, I just do triage. I just do you know the the lowest hanging fruit or the most crucial things. But I do those the whole time I'm on break, wherever I'm on break. It's not the best for my family, I imagine. <laughs> Although I do, I don't give them a choice. Uh, but uh, but and I try not to make it impact others. But uh, but I stay engaged. And even when, so, I was in Ireland. You know, I was up in the morning. I'm not as good replying uh, as, as normal but with the combination of the phone notifying you of, of the biggest most important things that you can deal with almost instantly that's the way that i do it so mine is not so much the grand strategy as just a uh, coping mechanism but you you've, you get your videos and stuff done in advance yeah, yeah. there's certain fundamental large things that if you know you're going to be going away i mean you're in your i mean you, you can't bring your we you, you may want to do some recording up there but generally your 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 well-produced videos you you know if you're going away for three weeks or two weeks or whatever let's say you're going to get those done in advance because yeah, of that they're all staged can, they're all staged right. and ready to go so right. the, for the you know, i always try and have uh, a, a number in the hopper i don't always succeed but i try and have you know i just try and be at least three or four ahead uh, at all times, typically speaking, mm-hmm. what <clears throat> we're one or two ahead, uh, but I make sure that I'm five or six ahead. We just we just increase the production schedule for about a you know about four weeks before. Right. I have, two, I have two questions. One, so you so essentially you're saying you hustle a bit more prior to going to a lower level of activity. Yeah. And then number two, do you feel like you get enough of a break when you're still doing stuff instead of like fully yeah. resting? fully relaxing and i know there's that whole well if you do the work that you love then it's not really not fun and you always feel like you're doing you're calling do i sound like that when i'm talking eric not you but i'm paraphrasing like five (laughs) to ten different people who say that yeah (laughs) i've never done a full digital detox so i don't know i don't know if i get enough of a break uh i i find i'm in a good spirit i'm very happy when i'm there i'm very happy when i'm away and, uh, and, you know, as, and typically speaking, my work does bring joy to me. So it's, you know, it, it does, it's not like, and, and, and if there is a problem, I, I do want to deal with it. I want it to be over with it. And I don't let problems really uh, affect my mood that much if there is one. So, so I can't say for sure that I know that I get enough of a break, but uh, I think I do. Clueless brings up a good point. Although there are ways around it. So, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in here because I'm another guy who runs his own business with a small team. I will do uh, like, so for example, when I was traveling recently and that was a break, I mean, it was for work, but I wasn't in my normal spot. And then when 
right after that, I went to Whitehorse for a week with my kids and my wife. So that was definitely a break. I will do all the fundamental stuff up front. So blog posts, newsletters, all that stuff will be done well in advance. And I'm not talking just a week in advance, but we're talking two, three weeks. So I, I do hustle to try to get as much done as possible. Not as It doesn't happen for every single thing. I've noticed this last trip that I had too many things that I was trying to do. And that's another thing that you can fall prey to when you're trying to get ready for it because there's so many things that you've got on your plate. If anything, it's a bit of a wake-up call. Do you mean before you left? Before so, I left. much you had to do to be able to go? Too, too much stuff that I felt that I had to do in order to take a complete break. Mm-hmm. You know, so in order for me, so, I mean, you know, there are podcasts to record. There's, there's the product that we're working on. There's, you know, a webinar that I knew I was doing in a few weeks after that, you know, things like that. And I knew as I was preparing, again, it's that, that awareness, that wake up call. Where you're like, wait a minute, hold on. There's a lot here. So, and so go ahead. I think that you hit one point there. You said there's these things that I'm doing that are coming after the, after the break. Mm-hmm. I think making sure that you have enough delta and space between when you come back and when yep. you have any major event is crucial. And I don't think that we typically give ourselves enough time of that. No, I know I that don't. I don't. I'll, I'll say, okay, I'll do a webinar the week I get back. Yeah. And really, I don't feel like doing that webinar. I don't feel prepped. I, I, feel, I feel a little bit frantic with that webinar. Like the week I get back is usually just a gong show. My, my wife has uh, aptly stated that whenever I go away for, a, for work or travel – that the following week don't plan anything major. Like you basically, she <laughs> yeah. goes, you are, you, she goes, as much as you do, like I, I can do the little fundamental stuff, the shallow work. Uh, and also, you know, I can dive in and do some writing, but when it comes to like a ton of coaching calls or doing a web, like my wife's like, you're a write off. Like she, you literally are. You can tell that you need that week of recovery time. I do take gap days on either side of my break as well, which I think is important. So what I'll do is the day before I leave is actually the day I tell everybody I'm leaving. So on my, uh, I know someone mentioned the out of office reply. I turn that on to say I'm gone as of the day prior to me leaving. And I leave it on until the day that the day, uh, after I return and do- I, have, I have that flexibility because then I set expectations to say to people, look, you know what? Um, you're not, you know, and my out of office responder is basically says I am checking email frequently, but it will take me up to X amount of time to get back to you upon my return. And I don't say within four days of my return, I will say within, you know, or within a couple of days of my return, or as soon as I get back, I give like a, a specific, I'll say within three to four days of my return. We because- can. Go ahead, Steve. We all use Slack as well. We all use a a, mm-hmm. a, a direct uh, communications tool as well as our email. So email, yeah. that, that that autoresponder works terrifically for your outside guests, for your outside uh, contacts, people that yes. are part of your teams. Do you treat your team differently yeah. uh, when, you're, when, when you're on break? Like for mine, I keep Slack running. I would always anyways. And I, I just expect them to respect the fact that I'm away and know that I might be delayed. I don't bother explaining myself to them or anything like that. Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I basically put in the general channel. I'll say I'm going away for the next two weeks. Uh, so I will be, re- I will be responding, but I might be not as quick to respond as usual. So, but I do say that don't email me, which they all know. Some of them will email me occasionally. I'll say, you know, any emails will take longer. So if you have something, put it in here. So, but I'm not going to be at your beck and call as much as I normally would be. Let's get Eric in here because Eric's yeah. got some, Eric's part of a much bigger team than either you or I, Mike. <clears throat> and he's also got reporting responsibility, both up and down. He's got people that report to him and then he reports to, to a boss. So how do you deal with that time before that week before you go away or the week before you're going to be unavailable? So my story here was I actually had two different times of like being quote unquote gone or off or whatever you want to call it in conjunction with each other. One, I was already planning on being out for a week for my daughter's spring break. So I was already prepping for that, which was great because then when I got sick prior to that and was kind of knocked out for a few days, I already had had some stuff already ahead. So it didn't affect things too badly, but I was able to, you know, I was able to first and foremost say, hey, uh, people above me, hey, guess what? I'm sick. Uh, I'm going to be off a little bit right now and try to recoup as much as possible and then very passively cross things off, uh, which is sometimes the best you can do if you're sick is just you still have stuff you got to do. So you passively do it instead of like actively do it and get more sick. But then I was already ramping up to know that uh, 
you know, for example, there was coverage for me for different things that uh, normally get done by me, but need to still be done, even though I'm absent. And so others were delegated and trained and cross-trained and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, there was an expectation of how long they were going to do that for until I got back and setting the day uh, that I was going to be back to do that. So that, I mean, that that's, that's it in a nutshell. But what's funny is, is that we were all used to these these regular routines of how things are. And then suddenly a wrench gets thrown in either that you get sick or you know, you're going to be away. And do you just throw the routine out completely? Do you keep up the whole routine, but find other people to delegate pieces of it to, or do you just give yourself grace and forgiveness and say, well, I'm sick. And maybe that's a cop out. I don't know. I think one of the things that I've done myself and coached other people on trained other people on is if they're sick, one of the big things is they go, some people just go into work. They try to, you know, and that makes them sicker, which has always been a huge bane for me. When I was working at Costco, I would send people home if they got sick because it just, you're going to pollute everybody else. So just get out of here. You've got sick time, go take it. But with people who are working nine to five or they're running their own business, I love the idea of attaching like energy-based modes to tasks mm-hmm. so that that way when they are sick, they don't feel like they can, they can look at their, their list and they can say, okay, I want to do all the tasks that require less energy to do. So that way I'm still feeling like I'm moving the ball forward. Maybe it's just a smaller ball, but I'm, I'm not going to burn myself out in the process. So when I get sick, you know, and I have to take a bit of a break and that, that can happen, not just from being sick. It'd just be from burnout too. Some people would burn out, especially if you're running your own business and you're trying to do a bunch of stuff, you can burn out. So to have though, have that balance between, okay, here are the high energy, high octanes things that I need to do. And here are the low energy tasks that I can do, which frankly is what I do when I get back from, from my trip is I will do, I will start by using those lower energy tasks that I've determined are lower energy and some of them used to be things that, I mean, some of those things used to be high energy, like writing when I first started was not a low energy task in any stretch of the imagination, but now going in and doing a post on Facebook or doing like an anchor, like a, like an audio update on anchor or any, or social media or anything like that, a lot lower energy. Now I know what I'm doing. It doesn't take as long to figure out, to navigate the tech. So I, I recommend that if you're trying to get back into things and you are either a still sick and recovering or B just got sick or you've come back from a vacation or an extended break rather than just dive right in and say, okay, I'm back. And because you can't, I don't think you can do it effectively is, is, you know, use some, some lower energy tasks to try to build that, you know, build that, uh, that, that reserve or keep the reserve. So as you get back into the swing of things, you're, you're, you're kind of rising like, like this, as opposed to trying to go like this, because it's a lot further to fall. Yeah, it's not a blast off. It's more of a, a pacing of, of increasing the elevation on the treadmill. <clears throat> well, the, there's also clueless points out something that I think is kind of an interesting perspective. And it's, it'd be the difference between what you face, Eric, and what Mike and I face. You typically face uh, responsibilities to your team. You don't have very much outside customer-facing responsibility. We have customer facing responsibility Our, you know, we're selling to customers. We have clients, we have uh, people that we're coaching or I have, in my case, I've got people that are purchasing my courses and going through the course content. So we've got customers that we're, we're dealing with. So our, the, uh, the buffer zone between the revenue stream and in, in income into the company and our time is a pretty tight, is a pretty short string. Slim, uh, slim margin. Yeah, well, the problem is that if if we disengage, when we disengage, the revenue dries up pretty quickly. So finding you know finding the way to keep that momentum and and you know either building momentum behind the sales while you're going away or finding a way that it doesn't cause you damage. Momentum seems to be so nebulous, but it's so important all the time. You know, when you're on a roll, when things are going, you don't want to break that, and that's the problem with doing a break is it breaks your momentum of your business cycle as well. And if it is that, if there is that short a distance between what your activities are on a daily basis and revenue coming into the company, you know, how do you create more slack in that? How do you create a longer period of time 
that you can disengage? You know, how do you make your business more, you know, kind of evergreen or more passive income? That, those are the kind of the challenges that I think that we, we face. Yeah. Those are more strategic. I realize those are the, the, those aren't the things you do in yeah. the week before. Those, and those are, those are very entrepreneurial problems to have, and they're not necessarily everyday person problems mm-hmm. to have. I want to go back real quick to what Sean was asking is, and it ties mm-hmm. into what you were talking about, Mike, which is he says prioritizing where do you start after you've had a relaxing break? So you were just talking about how you kind of ease back into your I workflow. I just want to add aside. I know how Sean Smith prioritizes. He goes and buys himself a new cheap Android phone because he managed to destroy his iPhone while he was on vacation. But that's well, to be fair. That's aside. a priority. <laughs> that's a priority. That's a priority. He needed one considering what he does. So. <laughs> Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's something that works so well, it basically feels like magic. For me, I'm thinking air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, definitely. Meeting-free Fridays. What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your own shop stage to the first real store stage, you don't have to just sell your own stuff anymore. With Shopify Collective, you can curate products to sell from brands you love and give your customers more variety and your business more sales. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Shopify also helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort. Thanks to Shopify magic, your AI powered all-star sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash beyond. Again, go to shopify.com slash beyond now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash beyond. Um, I think that, I think again, to answer Sean's question, because I have the low energy tasks that I can do, you know, and I have a lot of them. There's a lot of low energy tasks or shallow work, if you want to call it that, which is kind of what I categorize it. Um, it allows me to do those things like Steve was mentioning. Uh, if I have coaching calls the week I get back, those are going to get my most, the, my biggest attention because they're the things that drive the business at this point. And they're also, they also actually give me energy in a lot of cases. It's really weird to do a coaching call and to do any kind of teaching. Uh, it does both things. It galvanizes you. It raises you up because you're like, you're right on, you're, you're feeling the flow. You're, you you know, you're, you're really trying to push it out. And then when you're done, you're exhausted in some cases, because either there's a lot of persuasion involved or you've spent your energy and then you, you crash. I find that more, more often than not, especially when I'm doing one or two or three in, in the span of a day. And so what I'll do is I'll smatter around those with, with those low energy tasks. It's the same thing when I start after a relaxing break. I've got my three absolutes that I choose every day of the week. Even when I'm on break, I will do that. So I still look at, you know, my, I still will look at my to-do list. I still will journal. I will still do all that when I'm on a break. But because I've shaped and crafted my week and, and all that around this break, the only things I will see are things that are going to be done during the break. So again, low energy work, things like that. Maybe a couple of email returns that I may need to do. And so when I look at those priorities, I can see those three absolutes every single day. And sometimes the absolutes are things like go um, go on an excursion with the family, play board games with the family, like th- like during the break. And then after the break, it's, yeah, you know, like prepare for a webinar, uh, you know, things, things like that. So I, I think that 
categorizing those priorities and figuring out what you need and want to do after after a break. You almost need to prepare those for before you leave, like we talked about. So that way, when you get back, you're, you're, you at least know what's ahead of you. And and that's the advantage that Steve and I have, which not everybody has, because you can come back to work and there could have been a total storm that happened while you were gone and your priorities have shifted. Again, I think that's why it's important to make sure that you have those fundamental shallow tasks that you can do in in the in-between time so that you don't completely burn out and feel like, you know, feel like the break was counterproductive instead of productive. Although science has shown that breaks are actually more productive. If you take a break, it's actually helpful to your productivity as opposed to harmful. I remember coming back from breaks prior to the position that I'm in now, back when I was working in a university and I would, you know, we'd have Christmas break and, or other times where we'd just be flat off. And some of that time that I did that work was prior to smartphone existence. And some of it was post that. And I always trained myself to say, Hey, look, nobody else is there either. Or Mm -hmm. I'm away and nobody else should be able to reach me because I am not, I am Mm -hmm. on paid leave right now. You cannot, you know, so creating those boundaries. And I remember coming back into the office and spending the first day sitting, drinking a lot of coffee to stay awake and, and deleting a bunch of emails to get to what was really needing to next be done. And back then my productivity wasn't as focused. So it was very much a clearing away of everything that didn't the need clutter. Yeah. Yeah. Everything that didn't need attention spent to it. That's, that's not a bad way to do it's things. It's not bad. It? Because it does get no. you slowly back to the swing. Two, two comments on that. The first is a lot of companies that have forced breaks like that, where they will take a Christmas period off, uh, are actually putting policies in place that they're not allowed to com- send emails. Adobe's got that policy. Yeah. Like they've got these break periods. They say, you know, do not send an email to a team member over this time, period. We're, we're gone. And their auto replies say, we're gone. So that's one thing that uh, I'm not sure that's company-wide at Adobe, but I know that's team-based at Adobe. They do some of that stuff. The second thing is for me is when I come back, I don't try and catch up. When I come back, when I get back after a speaking gig or a trip, I the first thing that I do, the first day back, I do my regular work. I do, I try and produce one or two videos to try and get, and that kind of just locks everything in place. And then I nibble away at the backup. And, you know, over the next couple of days, I've already got some work done, and which also gets me thinking about what the next main, you know, kind of ongoing editorial content that I'm going to create is, which I consider to be my main daily work. And then I keep doing that. that so that content locks in right away. And then it's just catching up. So it's if, as far as I'm concerned. So that's just how I deal with it, uh, rather than trying to clear that inbox, which is going to take me, I know, a couple of days to do. Well, and I think that's an interesting way to look at it, too, because if you keep some constants, some anchors that you will have, whether you're on break or not, that's important. That's why I love the having themed days, because when I get back from a break, I still know that Monday's a writing day, Tuesday's a writing day, Wednesday's audio video, Thursday's admin, Friday's learning, Saturday's family, and Sunday's kind of founder and leadership work. So if you keep those consistent, then your brain isn't scrambling to figure out what to do, and it has that anchor to look for. So even if you are scrambling and try and, and getting lost along the way in the weeds, you can step back for a second, take a little mini break, like a 30-second break, and go, okay, you know, what day is it? Okay, it's Wednesday. Okay, Wednesday's audio video day. So all else fails. This is what my overarching focus should go. And you can do that whether you work a nine-to-five, whether you work with somebody else, whether telecommuting, or whether you run your own business. And I think that having that in place – Again, you want to have as many certainties as possible versus uncertainties uh, and kind of and, and have those in place. Sean so, also follows so. up and said, would a checklist made prior to break of things that need to be done on return make sense? And I will answer and say, I always do that. I always have that. You know, I mean, again, we we're, we're some of us are adverse to lists of lists and lists, but having the one list that is the list of things, you know, are waiting for you and, and maybe even prioritized and in what order, at least as far as you know, priority before you return, uh, really helps me to say, well, I know what's waiting for me and the, I don't have to spend time clearing up the clutter. I can jump right in and do some of the stuff now in whatever day it is or whatever themed day it is, for example, like you're talking about, Mike. Um, I can do those things immediately. And then one of the other things I still like to do is, hey, when you get right back from a break, <laughs> still cut yourself some slack and have like, Hey, I've also got a planned hour in the middle of, or in that first day back that, uh, 
I'm not going to do anything. Like I'm going to take an, an you know, I'm going to go get, I'm going to go to the coffee shop and sit and read a book for enjoyment instead of for learning and all that, well, you know? It, and that's what my gap days are for. Right. Honestly, like Sean, I do, I do put a list together, but it's on the gap day uh, because then I've got the information and I've, because I've set up this boundary and this constraint, people aren't expecting to hear from me that day right away. So I can actually have that boundary there and say, okay, this is when I will do it. Now, if I'm gone longer, if I know I'm gone. Like, so for example, when I was coming back from that last bit of travel uh, from Whitehorse uh, on the plane with my family, my kids were preoccupied in their own things. I, I made a list. I sat and said, okay, here are the things that I want to do as soon as I get back. So air travel to me, frankly, is one of the best places to get deep and, and, and planning, planning work those kind of things done because it's one of the last bastions where people know that they may not be able to reach you because, you know, you can't always be reached in an airplane. I, I low, I, I'm kind of waiting for the day where, uh, you know, in, in terror to a certain extent <laughs> when, when, when Wi-Fi is widely available in aircraft and there's no reason why you can't be, can't be reached because then all of a sudden that's the last kind of, uh, you know, the, the last place of refuge that you can have from, you know, the deluge of emails. When you think or, about Wi-Fi as, yeah. as a th- something that causes people to be reaching you. I think of having Wi-Fi on the airplane is great. I can do different research. I can continue to, you know, it's, it's I can reach out to others. I can bug other people. But but the problem there is is <clears> that you there are very few places where you can have no. I, I love having I love the access to Wi-Fi when I in a lot of places. Yeah. But on an airplane, yeah. knowing that that's when I'm in airplane mode, I think it's I think it's it's it, it puts your mindset in a different frame of mind. Where you're like, okay, no one can reach me right now. What can I do? Do I want to read? Do I want to do some planning? Do I want to write? Do I, I mean, Steve, you could literally sit on a plane instead of reaching out to people, plan oh, your I, next three weeks. of the video. You can do all that I stuff. love that time on the plane. But for me, it's, I go through Evernote. I clean up Evernote because Evernote becomes a mess because I never clean anything out of it. So I just yeah. spend my time yeah. going through it, cleaning up my tags and just structuring it from time to time, doing kind of just spring cleaning. And, you know, that's, yeah. you know, you can only do that so often. I, I my my airplane mode is very different from both of yours where I will purposely plan to not do anything because I never it, because it's backfired on me because I've said, "Oh, I'll do that on the airplane." Well, I got that got to do this. I'll do that on the airplane. I've got two flights today. I've got three flights next week, whatever. And then I'm sitting in a crouched, crowded like and it's like, "Oh, yeah, okay. This this big guy's sitting here." up in the aisle and I'm in the window seat and I'm like claustrophobicized, which I don't think is a word, but it should I, be. I think that there's something wrong. Cause I do not believe Eric J. Fisher should ever be in the back of the bus. Oh no, no, oh, no, no. Well, anyways, <laughs> but my point being is that I will plan to do work and then that backfires. And so oh, what yeah. I found out works better for me is to say, wait a second, I'm always tired after I'm traveling. What if I just enjoy the traveling and watch a movie I've been wanting to see for a while or, you know, have those options of entertainment media and get Wi-Fi. And then I've got a, I've got a movie playing and I'm like, hey, I'm not working. I'm having fun. And I've tricked myself. And then I will delete a bunch of emails on the plane if it's feasible. So I play it by ear completely, mm-hmm. but with the intent of I'm not going to do anything. And then if I happen to, it's bonus. Right. Let's get to Scott's question because he looks like Jeff C's long lost brother. Do you find that your productivity increases prior to taking a planned break? No. Well, yes, <laughs> it can. Here's the thing. It's, it's the, what's the law of time and task, Mike, the one where work expands to fill the time. Parkinson's there you go. Law. So by Parkinson's law, if you can, pre- if you can still do less work or you can do the same amount of work in less time, it's what some people could call expand to fill the veil. Exactly. Fill the time a lot. Yeah. It, yeah it's, fill the time and, allowed, and, yeah. you know, suddenly, Hey, it's two days till vacation. I got all this stuff I got to do before I can go on vacation or I'm leaving it hanging. And then I, my job's in jeopardy when I get back because people found out there was stuff left hanging all week. Yeah. That's not good, but you'll get it done if you know you get to go on a break. And so, yes, I think your productivity can increase before a break. It can increase right after a break too. I mean, again, it's all, it's all about, you know, saying I'm going to, and I've actually done this without taking a break where I've said, I know that these five tasks that I do weekly takes me normally about an hour to two hours. What if I can get it done in 45 minutes and I will 
challenge myself to do so. And in fact, I've gotten down now to a half hour and still getting those one to two hour worth of stuff done. I think for me, the my productivity increases on specific things, not on everything. So I think it's 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 deliberate productivity. So again, it's it's getting those things done so that when I'm going on a planned break, I don't have to worry about those things. So the things that are consistent, the regular stuff, Steve, I'm sure it's the same for you because we talked about that earlier, where it's the things that you know that you can only do in that place or that you only want to do in that place. That, that get done. I don't like to bring my computer with me if I'm traveling, yeah. uh, unless it's absolutely necessary. I like to bring my iPad. I know it's weird, but I like to bring my iPad with me because it's just easier to travel with. It's lighter. This last trip, I did bring my computer with me because I was gone for three weeks. That was just, there was no way I was going to get away without I, going I would without not my laptop. Go, I would not go for three hours without bringing a notebook along. <laughs> Um, I'm interested to see how the, I've, I've been reading a lot more about the iPad pro and how people are starting to use that. I still can't wrap my head around that being a primary computer, but so for me, it's those things that I know I only want to, that I want to get done in my office before I leave for travel. That's where my productivity increases. What will happen with the other things is I'll see them and rec- and make a decision. Do I need to do this before vacation? Do I want to do this before vacation? It's either one of those things. If it doesn't hit either of those, and more the need than the want, then I toss it to after vacation. When you do that, and this kind of goes hand in hand with Sean's list question, because if I do that, I'm essentially creating a list that needs to be taken care of after I give it. So that list has already started. The list that I would create are things that have cropped up along the way uh, while I've been away. So that's that's where I think my productivity increases is those fundamental things that I know I can only do at home versus or before break, as opposed to things I could do, you know, afterwards. Eric, will you travel without a notebook? I have done it in the past. Uh, let's see. It was a trip to Boston for PodCamp Boston, and that was 2010. I took my iPad 1. Jeez. And that was before it could do multitasking. It was a headache. No, I don't need more. A 13-inch – I mean, a th- I just figure, hey, having a 13-inch MacBook or MacBook Pro with you is not all that cumbersome to make sure you have with you. And, and these days, I would never go without it. Like, I mean, even – heck, even if I was going to go overnight somewhere, I'd take a laptop. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Yeah. No, yeah. I find I'm as – you know, when I'm business traveling, I guess, I guess it's a little bit different than vacation traveling. I'm as productive in the hotel room as I am. Or in a Starbucks, as I am yeah, at home. And we've, we've touched on that in this show before, I think, where we've said it's because you've kind of set that time allotment of, hey, well, one, there's the, it's the atmosphere. You're sitting down and it's quiet. And it's a workstation, if you yeah. will. And it's familiar because it's your laptop also. Mm-hmm. And then two, if you're out in a coffee shop, again, it's that time constraint. It's that change of atmosphere and scenery. And so it triggers some of those things where, oh, I only have a certain amount of battery life maybe, or I have a certain amount of time that I have to be here before I go somewhere else. It's those, we're not always consciously thinking of those triggers, but they're present even subconsciously. Uh, We have a question. It's not from me. Yeah. It's from uh, Diane Colville. So she asks, how do you handle unexpected issues? Uh, Which we talked about a little bit with sickness, but this is a bit different. Uh, She works from home. She had a major water leak damage and had to struggle being productive with three contractors running around her home for seven days, still trying to catch up. This happened when um, we had our hot water tank uh, go recently and you can't exactly plan for when they're going to show up and they showed up on a Wednesday. Now, Wednesday is my audio video day and the place where my hot water tank is and is right behind me. So they were banging on pipes and stuff like that. And you can't exactly say, hey, keep it down. I'm trying to record a podcast here. <laughs> record the podcast and say they're fixing the water tank behind me. Uh, See, I, that's I, the way that I'd I go. Yeah, I just don't like to do that. I don't like to do that. So you also have a green um, screen. That, that is an option. So what I did was I looked at the other tasks that I could associate with audio video production. So I did, you know, the show notes. I did, uh, I created imagery for the podcast. I did everything surrounding that without actually doing the recording until they were gone. And then I recorded later. And actually I had to wait until the next day to do recording because it was just one of those things that, that I couldn't get done before my kids came home. So I think that when that happens, it's important to look at what you've got going on and say, okay, what can't I do based on this? And what can I do? Not try to do it as you go. Like literally, again, take a step back and say, okay, there's contractors running around. I'm going to get interrupted. When will I not get interrupted? Okay, I won't get interrupted before 9 a.m. because that's when they're going to show up. Or I'm not going to get interrupted after 5 p.m. because that's when they go home. So let me do that uninterrupted work 
in those time frames. And yeah, Diana, see, they're right behind your office. So yeah, it's it's yeah. difficult. The other thing you could do is in that situation, that happened when we were getting our basement, which I'm in right now, completely renovated. And that was a four-month process, right? I wore over-ear headphones most of the time because I couldn't uh, – noise-canceling ones that I normally wear on travel because I couldn't – there was just too much noise going on. When I was trying to do podcasts, that would happen on the weekends mm. because there was no way I could do it with all the renovation work that was going on. Mine was a bit more planned, but I would say, hey, when are you guys going to be here next? So I could, you know, and I, it was definitely more reactive planning than proactive planning. But I think you, it's doable. You just need to not get caught up in the moment of all this stuff and, happening and take a and step And do back. you have to be there the whole time? If you don't have to be there the that's whole time, true. that's the time to go down the street to Starbucks, give the contractor mm-hmm. your number and say, I'm two blocks away at Starbucks and, uh, you know, you know, ping me if you need me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a completely circumstantial yeah, thing, too. Yeah. I think more than the affecting your productivity, uh, how it affects your communication and responsibilities is, is probably a, a, you know, a, a germane question as well there. Because, you know, how do your coworkers respond? How does your team respond? How do you feel? How, how Are you still able to provide communication leadership, if that's the case, if you have this kind of disruption? And that's up to you to figure out a way to cocoon yourself and to be able to concentrate on those things. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, the next time that instance happens, just know that the, you also have some awareness that this is what's going to happen. You know, uh, there's going to be a disruption. Uh, it happened. I mean, with March break, the kids are going to be home. They were home yeah. during March break. I cannot control what they're going to do. If you're going to tell, if we're going to talk about where I lose productivity around that yeah. stuff, it's when there is a disruption in the house and Shan is home for a week. And all of a sudden that's when my routine gets thrown off because getting your partner to understand your workflow. And also to a certain extent, I always feel a little bit guilty about not engaging with them when they're home because it's their time. So I feel a little torn between, you know, kind of torn between two lovers there. I, you know, I want to take care of my family, but I also want to take care of the work. And so that's where if I lose productivity, if I fall behind, it's not due to travel. It's not due to holidays. It's due to somebody else being in my space that I if it's somebody I don't care about, it's not a big deal. But if it's somebody I care about, it becomes a big deal. True. I was trying to get in touch with Steve and he was just well, um well, you, were, you, you, were, yeah, you weren't well, you're the one that didn't reply to my emails from months, mister. That was a filter. Oh, yeah, issue. yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 filter is um, my feedback on that, Steve, is I, I'm, I'm wholeheartedly right there with you. I mean, if people are around, that can be a disruption. What I did for when we went out to New York to visit my family for a week around Christmas was I said, all right. So I took the laptop, had my phone, already knew I was, you know, everybody's going to be low key. Nobody's going to do it. Nobody needs to do anything unless it's an emergency, which I'll get pinged on my phone for. Um, everybody's got their stuff scheduled. Everybody's got, you know, their low energy stuff that they, that they're taking care of, um, low priority even. And what I would do is I'd get up at like six and do stuff for an hour before everybody else got up, uh, at my parents' house. Then I would turn it off and be off for the rest of the day until about nine or 10 at night, which I would do another quick check-in for about a half hour. And then I'd be done. And that way I was guilt-free and I was like completely unplugged the rest of the day unless, you know, there was a phone call or something. But that was that kind of, hey, I'm on call, but don't call me if unless it's not it's not an emergency. So uh, one of the things that I've done in especially when I was in Whitehorse and we did it during March break, although not as much as I'd like, is I would take an entire day and just do awesome stuff with the kids. We went sledding a bunch of times. We were white horse because they don't get to do that here very often because it snows here, what, once and not enough for the snow to stick. We w- went to a couple of events that were happening in white horse. That day was jam packed with family stuff. Again, I themed that day family stuff. And then the next day, my wife's like, okay, dad's got to work today. So she understood that. And then the kids understood that. March break was tougher because my wife was home for a couple of those days, but then the other times my kids were home with me. Camps were not really an option for us this year just because of the way that they were scheduled. And so it gave me pause as we wrapped up March break. I've just come to the recognition that, and it's odd because working for myself, you, I, I like to say I can take time off whenever I want and I can, I don't want to take it off during March break because that's when prices are higher when you go somewhere. But truth be told, 
it would make things a lot easier if I just did that because then my wife and I can enjoy each other's company, uh, you know, or I could be with the kids if she wants to work. So it becomes that is the plan for next year is during the two weeks of, of March break. I will be off. I will take that time off. I will do what you did, Eric. Likely is not the mornings, though. I'll normally yeah, right. do it from like 10, 10 o'clock to 1 in the morning. But I think that that's something. Again, every time these things happen, you learn from them. No matter how long you've been studying this stuff, your awareness increases and you figure out what's going to work and what isn't. And so for me, I think that that's something that happened in this recent break and including during the travel break is just a few subtle changes uh, can make a really big difference. We've got some questions. I, 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 I do want to jump in one. She didn't put phrases as a question, but Diane commented back to Sean. She says, since my business is online and clients with clients, I was concerned about you working in a coffee shop, privacy issues, and a secure network. Well, that's where the tool guy comes in. There's a great 3M privacy screen that you can put over your notebook that doesn't allow anything except dead-on looking to be able to see your screen. So you can increase your privacy there dramatically. And installing a simple VPN, something like a blockless or an unblock, the ones that are designed for doing things like watching Netflix in other countries. But that sort of a VPN service will also secure your computer against any infiltration when you're in public networks, which is a great route to take as well. The other option is to tether. You don't use up that much data, uh, typically speaking, if you're just doing email and that sort of stuff. So just tethering to your smartphone gives you a secure connection. And that's another another option for you to allow you to work and still be have a modicum of privacy and security when you're in the field. So sorry, I just wanted me, to be the tool yeah, guy for a bit. Well, no, then that's yeah. Smart. And let me throw out one other option is is uh, insert mother in law joke here. But I've actually gone out to my mother in law's house when she's been at work during the day, and I've plugged into her Wi Fi and internet. And so if you have another location that's not public, like a friend's house or something, and just say, hey, they're working on my house. Can I come in or, you know, when, when an emergency happens, yard, that's not creepy. That's what friends are for. Yes. That, yes. There you go. In my, or in my a family. library, a library, because they often have yeah. the, the wall desks that are, yep. you know, block off anybody from being able to see anything. Steve, do you have a link for block list that you want to throw in there for people who might be interested in the VPN stuff? And then the other thing is like in Victoria, sorry, I just got on a roll uh, in depending what city you're in, there's often shared workspaces that have public mm-hmm. facing uh, opportunities mm-hmm. uh, at uh, Viacom. What's it called? Um, Tectoria. Tectoria. They've got a beautiful coffee shop downstairs. Fast, fast wireless design for ad hoc meetings, right walking distance from everything downtown that you can go in and you can go sit there and work for four or five hours and nobody raises an eyebrow at you at all. That's what it's there there's for. The, yeah, there's the watershed. There's there's several. And most spaces inner in cities area. have that now available yeah, so- to you. So now that you've had something happen, it, it, it brings up this, well, what are my alternatives? What possible ways do I have to uh, deal with these these interruptions or distractions or especially emergencies when they pop up? And then you've got your, your Rolodex of options. All right. Well, let's get into this question. Lunch is coming up. What do you guys want to do? Go out it's or stay? It's even better if JP can't right. make it, just pays. Uh, oh. I typically eat here at my house. Yeah. But I step away from my office. Yeah. That's the big thing. I don't eat in my office. Uh, I will occasionally leave the house, but more often than not, I will go upstairs and eat at the, the kitchen table rather or dining room table rather than eat in my office. I just think that it's, it's I've always advocated when you go for lunch, you should absolutely step away from your desk. It's that's a, the only break you're guaranteed to get during the day in most cases. So actually take it and leave your leave your desk. Get out of get get away from your desk, and if you need to get away from the office because people will be driving you nuts, then do that yeah. too. But definitely get away as from as desk. a working at home guy, I try and get out maybe once or twice a week just to to have contact with other adult yeah. people, and it's just friends. And at that point, there it's just my my old buddies, the people I used to work with, that sort of stuff that live in the area that we get out and we just go to the pub for lunch or go somewhere and grab a quick bite, and it's just to have a conversation with another human being face to face. My Mondays are those days for me where my friend and I co-work together on separate stuff and we keep ourselves accountable that well, way. You're at the also shop. You're also going to the gym regularly now, aren't you, Eric? Right. Or, am I going no, that, to that's true. I shouldn't be talking about. No, that's true. So I but get out I get out I get out pretty regularly. So I, for my lunch, since my office is out here in the garage, I'll go down the steps, walk into the house, grab something from the fridge that's probably leftovers, heat it up. And while it's heating, I'll go into the living room, queue up the Apple TV, and then grab my food, and I'll sit and watch a show, and I'll enjoy it. That's and that's idea. a nice break. We got a question from Ken. 
Maven UK, do you track and plan for the breaks of vendors, customers, and colleagues? Uh, no, because I, I want to be, <laughs> I, I just don't because uh, I have enough planning to do around my own stuff. If they let me know they're going away, like as a coaching client, they'll say, hey, I'm going away during that time. Then that's the, the extent of the planning that I will do around them, but not, not much beyond yeah. that. I mean, it, it, I don't plan for I, it either. And I'll tell you one brilliant thing about being Canadian is as far as boosts for productivity are U.S. holidays. Yes. Because our customers are not talking to us. They're not asking questions. It's quiet, but it's a regular work day for us. Those are brilliant days for getting all of a sudden, wow. It's just like you you get through your work at half the time, and then you've got this bonus time. Uh, that's a bonus. That said, you know, it's when you have American clients, you have to explain to them that it's a holiday in Canada. <laughs> no. That should, <laughs> they're like, well, it's Memor- Memorial Day in the U.S. is different than Victoria Day in Canada by a week. Yeah. So basically lose that day. <laughs> what do you mean you're having Thanksgiving? It's not for another month. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, we have more to give thanks <laughs> what, 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 Eric, you don't really worry about that that issue. Not with vendors, the, the, but other... colleagues I do. Colleagues, I, yes. Especially since I'm the head of the social team for where I am. So, yeah, I and that's happened a number of times where, you know, somebody is going to be out and I cover for them. And it's no big deal. I just plan ahead and just say, okay, well, I have something to do that's similar to that at that at, at a certain time anyway. So I'll just tack on their responsibilities onto my own and just, and again, I'll try to compress it to where it doesn't add any extra time on my day. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I know I did. And it always helps me to have some of those pre-flight checklists and during flight checklists even and post-flight checklists so that I can have things together to take off, be as productive as I am needed to be while I am in break mode or sick mode or vacation mode or travel mode and then return without having wasted, if that was a vacation, all the momentum and rest that I accumulated. So I really hope you enjoyed that. Again, thanks for listening to this episode and I will see you next time. Beyond the To-Do List is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Hey, thanks for listening to the end. If you're looking for a show to start helping you apply these productivity lessons on your business, check out Millionaire University. It's real lessons from real entrepreneurs teaching you what you need to know to improve your business or start one if you've been putting it off. It covers all aspects of business from starting marketing, growing, managing, and everything in between, wearing all the hats. And as an added bonus, I am conducting a number of those conversations, those interviews, so you'll fit right in. Again, that's Millionaire University. Just search for it in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast.